Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers new orleans saints fans fans of the nfl shield nfl football betters fantasy football players anybody i might have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 111 of the talking the line podcast and as always Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 26th, 2021. Once again, thank you for uh, stopping back by. Had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're back rocking and rolling here as always. Got to do the usual. You know the drill. If you haven't already, make sure you smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the talking the line podcast on if you are watching live on youtube you might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show located right over there but if you are listening to the audio version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well if you haven't already that way you never miss the drop of any audio as we do release it after every live show is over Next item up on the docket, as always, you can find it in your heart. You got an extra second. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Jump in the live chat over yonder if you are watching live. We would love to answer all your New Orleans Saints questions and more. And we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkintheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew's social platforms, and our additional content, so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people, everyone in between that I might have left out starting the show, welcome in to episode 111. Once again, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45, Soroka, And before we go anywhere, thank you so much for stopping back by. Had a little bit of technical difficulty starting off the day. It sure does appear right now that everything is in good working order. Everything is uh, up to speed as it would appear. Uh, You know, sometimes got to put the old producer hat on, but it's all about battling that adversity, and we're unafraid of that here at the Talking Line podcast. So 
You might have heard a little uh, voice there in the background. If you're watching live or you're watching on YouTube, you see him. So it's time to bring that man on in, the co-host of the Talk in the Line podcast, who was so kind to uh, keep the show floating as I was trying to get everything figured on out. Outside of that, a young man whose White Sox fandom runs thicker than blood, right alongside his Green Bay Packers fandom. And in a few short two weeks, he will be cheering them on on Sunday. And I suggest you do not hit him up in any form or fashion as he will be indisposed. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am doing just spectacular. Spectacular, aside from my fumbling words, but uh, nonetheless, I mentioned it earlier on the first try, if you heard me, it is a beautiful day in the Windy City. No filibuster in this time around, because we are rocking and rolling. I'm ready to dive into this New Orleans Saints team, playing my Packers in week one. So, you know, I've uh, you know got a little bit of an interest in diving into this team a little bit further today, uh, despite, I guess, diving in about as deep as we've dove in every single week, but... Nonetheless, I'm ready to get rocking and rolling on some Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and whoever the hell else is uh, involved in this team here, partner. Absolutely. I had to uh, just double-check everything. It looks like we're good to go. I am now 100% focused as the host of your show. (laughs) Nothing else I should worry about uh, here. It looks like everything's clipping right along. But yes, partner, we have a shitload to discuss here today. There's a lot of injuries happening in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys that retired or left town. There's a lot of question marks as per usual. But with the Saints, this might be one of the teams that has the most question marks that we covered, at least as far as who's starting and what are we actually going to see here in 2021. But if you wanted to know all of that, you came to the right place because we'll be answering all those questions. We'll be breaking down everything offensively defensively we'll be talking about the coaching staff we'll also dive into their schedule give you our predictions we'll go through a full season betting preview we'll dive week by week in 2021 and then we'll also talk some future side bets you should be targeting ahead of the season and then we'll close things out with our fourth and final segment the start stash or pass segment our best fantasy advice if you couldn't deduct that we are fantasy lovers at the end of the day we uh we have been playing for the better part of a decade i would say so uh definitely found a little bit of value here but it's going to take finding diamond in the rough and uh hope a few of these guys pop off but there's definitely some brand names oh goodness gracious yes target however we'll save all of that for the fourth and final segment of the day but for now before we bring up the team of the day you already got it in hand partner ready to ready for it Quick little cheers to you. You're sipping on the Joe this morning. Cheers to you out there. Got a perfect mix this morning. Once again, a little witch's brew, a little home cooking, a little Colts cooking. Mm -hmm. It is a perfect mix, my man. Mm -hmm. Sell that bad boy. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to rock and roll. Once again, you know, battling some adversity here at the TTL pod. No problem whatsoever. It's time to get into the show today. Finally, officially, a little bit behind schedule, so we're going to go a little bit faster than usual. Keep it moving through the first two segments of the day for today's team of the day, the New Orleans Saints. First segment of the day, up on tap, ready to rock and roll. The full team breakdown for the New Orleans Saints. As always, we'll kick things off offensively, jump over to the defensive side of the ball, and then talk a little bit about the coaching staff. I'll kick things off offensively with the key losses going here into 2021. 
They let a good handful of guys go, and then uh, we had one big name retire. The name we'll all know about, Drew Brees, quarterback. He is gone, done with the NFL for good, and it uh, does not look like he will ever come back. Uh, some quarterbacks might take a little uh, little break for a year or two and then maybe make a uh, run back with another team. Doesn't look like that's going to happen with Drew. Uh, Manuel Sanders, wide receiver, he is out of town with Jake Kumaro as well. They both went to the Bills. Three more receivers left in New Orleans this year. Austin Carr, Benny Fowler, and Justin Hardy. They let go two tight ends, Jared Cook and Josh Hill. We talked a little bit about Jared Cook in uh, Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. the Chargers this year. Very interested to see what he does. Cole Wick, also a tight end, so they did let three tight ends go. So a little bit of depth loss there. Michael Burton, fullback, and then Nick Eason, center. That is all the fellas that they let go on the offensive side of the ball. Few names you can really write home about: Drew Brees, Emmanuel Sanders, and what we've seen from Jake Kumaro. I know yeah. you hate that name now, especially being a Packers <laughs> fan. But uh, with all that being said, that is the key offensive losses. Barter, would you be so kind as to indulge us? What's up with the key offensive additions here for the Saints? Most definitely, nothing uh, too crazy here. Not uh, too much to write home at all about. Out of free agency, they did fill the tight end depth a little bit. They picked up Nick Vanette. He looks like he's going to be the number two tight end here for the Saints. That's about it for free agency and trades. As far as the draft go, three players on offense, nobody before the fourth round. Fourth round, they picked up Ian Book, quarterback out of Notre Dame. If you've been a college football fan, you know that name. He looks like he could be the third or fourth quarterback option out of this room. Sixth round, offensive tackle Landon Young out of Kentucky. And then seventh round, Kawan Baker, South Alabama. So really, the only guy that appears to be a big contributor, and I shouldn't even say big contributor, is Nick Bennett at that number two tight end spot partner. I would have to agree with you there. Now, we'll definitely talk about what we think about some of those guys and uh, who we think is contributing and some of their outlooks in 2021 offensively. But before we do, let's quickly talk about 2020 here, some of the key stats as far as offense goes for the Saints last year. Obviously, it's going to look a little bit different, so we'll have to talk a little bit about what we expect here. They averaged 5.7 yards per play, rushed the ball on 46.95% of their plays, and passed on 53.05% of their plays. Completion percentage across the board, 70.13%. Obviously, majority of that being Drew Brees. Third down conversion, 46.61%, and red zone scoring at 71.62%. So right off the bat, you see the red zone scoring. Obviously, that's probably due for a little bit of regression, especially with Drew Brees leaving town. The third down conversion was already not the greatest, so I don't know necessarily that it gets any better, especially with this unit. I have a lot of concerns, a lot of question marks, but let's talk about this uh, projected starting lineup before we talk about any of those question marks. As far as it looks right now, there's a lot of... I keep saying it, but there's a lot of question marks Mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. Who is going to be starting? What's going to be happening? So I'll talk about that as I go through here. Offensive line-wise, they look to be in pretty good shape. Ryan Ramchick on uh, right tackle, right guard, Cesar Ruiz, center, Eric McCoy, left guard, Andrews Pete, and then left tackle, Teron Armstead. One of the better offensive lines in the leagues, and I think with all of those names, they continue to do so once again. Now, as far as the tight end position goes, little bit of shakiness here. Uh, Adam Troutman had a 
what looked to be a severe injury in the preseason in uh, preseason week one was doing some reading up on it. It does appear that he missed a major injury, but he probably won't be available for week one of the regular season. So then that opens up the door to a bunch of guys who have who we have absolutely no idea. Jawan Johnson, Garrett Griffin, Dylan Soner, uh, Nick Van Nett, which could possibly come in and fill in and then Ethan Wolf say out of those names, it would probably be Nick Van Nett, especially mm-hmm. with them uh, going and picking him up in free agency. I think that would be the guy who would slot in, but they really put all their chips in the pile on Troutman this year, so they need him back bad. Wide receiver room, there is a lot of worry there. Obviously, Michael Thomas being out, we don't really know when exactly he's going to be back, so then that leaves you Traquan Smith in the slot, Deontay Harris opposite of Michael Thomas, but now does he become wide receiver one? Then you have Marquez Calloway, who's been showing out in the preseason, and I think he could slot in as a wide receiver one, and I think that's what he's trying to do. And then the lone wide receiver the Saints took in the draft, Kawan Baker, uh, he's behind them. So with the injury to Thomas, could be seeing work sooner rather than right. later. They do have other guys on the depth chart, but that looks like what it'll be right now as far as the guys they'll use immediately. They obviously weren't intended to uh, use Kawan Baker right off the bat, but it looks like they've got themselves or Michael Thomas got them into a situation where they're probably going to have to. And then uh, as far as the rest of the skill positions go, running backs, you obviously know AK, Alvin Kamara coming in again. Uh, Latavius Murray backing him up. Latavius Murray, not all the way out yet. He's uh, right at 31, 32 right now. So he's getting up there, but he's still able to produce, be a very, very top tier side option behind Kamara. And then... The quarterbacks. We had uh, old famous Jameis, Jameis Winston, lighted up in preseason week two, and then Taysom Hill did decent work in preseason week one. In my opinion, from what we've seen so far, and I think with Sean Payton saying, ah, I'm not going to name a starter yet, I think he was surprised how good Jameis looked in week two, and I honestly was as well. So I think that Jameis is going to end up getting the start here week one, and I think he has the capability to do some things. I mean, if he was hitting the receivers who are the projected third, fourth guys on the depth chart in the preseason, Mm -hmm. those guys are going to be the starters in the regular season. So definitely something to think about (laughs) there. That is kind of all of my opinions, kind of the holes, exactly what's going to happen. Partner, I know you can elaborate a little bit deeper. What are you feeling here offensively for the Saints in 2021? Yeah, very similar to you, partner. I truly do think Jameis Winston is going to get that start. I think the ceiling with him is just a little bit higher, much higher, honestly, if he's playing well than Taysom Hills is. And contrary to what we saw in Tampa Bay, I think some of his efficiency will improve with Sean Payton as his play caller. And not to mention, call me crazy, but uh, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be having him as an elite quarterback, but ha- him having his eyes actually you know surgically fixed i do think i don't think that's nothing man no, i truly I don't, don't. because yeah you know you saw him he was literally they don't call him james squint they didn't call him james squinston for nothing he was a squinting machine and now that appears to be gone so call me crazy but i don't think that's nothing but as you mentioned i think the receiver room is the clear biggest uh question mark here because last year they kind of overcame it in certain times, but they really didn't have a very healthy receiver room throughout the entire year. The couple games that they did, they looked very solid. Now Emmanuel Sanders is out of town. Michael Thomas, as you mentioned, who knows what's going to happen with him this year. So a lot of the a lot of the pressure falls on these uh, you know these other receivers. And Marquez Callaway picked up some of that slack in a couple of games last year. So if he's healthy, I like his uh, possibility of potential here, but. Nonetheless, if Michael Thomas is gone for even half the season, I worry about this receiver room. I think the depth of it is going to look really, really ugly. And then Troutman himself, I think if he is 
coming back healthy, as you mentioned, they put a lot of chips down on him. So if he is healthy, I have some optimism for him. But, you know, the health is a concern. So I am really, really concerned about where, whether it's Jameis or Taysom Hill, I do think it's going to be Jameis. I think I am a little concerned about who he's going to be throwing to and where the targets are going to go to this year. Because offensive line and running back, those are two of the better, better units in the entire league. So I have no concerns there, but still... Plenty of question marks here, Parker. Yeah, absolutely. I echo that statement 150%. You don't have to worry at all about the offensive line, and you don't have to worry at all about the running backs. No. It was a big problem for them last year, the health of their wide receiver room. You mentioned it, and now the guys who were actually able to produce, they shipped out of town, and they're depending on a bunch of guys who we don't really know if they can produce or not. They've shown flashes here or there. The jury's really out if they're going to be able to consistently produce through the course of the season while Michael Thomas is out. So that's going to be huge. And then, yeah, Jameis Winston looks like a fixed quarterback, but can he sustain it over the course right. of the season? We'll obviously talk about that more in depth once we get some into the betting preview, the schedule prediction, stuff like that. But that's our overall offensive outlook for the Saints this season. Now, before we move on into the defense right quick, let's talk about the key rankings courtesy of the guys over at SFA. Quarterback room come, comes in ranked as the 24th unit in the league, so not much faith coming in for Mr. Winston or Mr. Hill. The offensive line comes in ranked as the second unit in the league, so definitely backs up what we're saying about that O-line. And then also the running backs, third ranked unit in the league. If Latavius Murray has a a better than average season they could be number one in the right. league no question in my mind just because of the sheer three down threat of AK not only from rushing perspective but also a pass catching perspective and then the receivers pretty much in agreement with you and me as well 22nd ranked unit in the league and I think they could get closer to 25 26 mm -hmm. I, I really don't anticipate all too many of the guys in this room really producing much I love Marquez Calloway I think he's been really good really dominant so far and I think he probably might be worth a look in fantasy, and we'll talk about that. And I think he definitely is one of the key pieces for their offensive mm -hmm. success this year. But obviously not a wide receiver one, so do you want to hang all your, uh, put all your eggs in that basket, if you will. But just something to think about. We'll talk about it more in depth once we get into start, stash, or pass, and all of that good stuff. We're only about uh, 12 minutes over schedule here, hey, so uh, nothing too bad along. from where we're usually at. So let's get into the defensive side of the ball. First things first, partner, why don't you hit us with it? The key defensive losses going into 2021. All righty. So this was a very solid, very good unit the last few years. They did lose a few pieces this year, though. Not any of their major, major contributors, but a few guys that played some key roles. Alex Anzalone, linebacker, played 16 games, spent the last four years in New Orleans. He is out of town. Janoris Jenkins played 13 games at the cornerback position. He is out of town. Malcolm Brown, interior defensive line, 13 games. Sheldon Rankins, also on the interior, he played 12 games. The biggest one partner though Trey Hendrickson off the edge 15 games had 13 and a half sacks last year for this team that is a massive massive loss to fill he is in Cincinnati now and then the other last one here is DJ Swearinger played 11 games but Hendrickson by far the biggest loss here the other guys are a little bit of some depth pieces but 13 and a half sacks is going to be tough to make up for this year partner it definitely is and I don't necessarily know that they were able to backfill enough to be able right. to get that done or fill that void but we'll certainly see they brought in uh to know Pasig Pasignan 
uh, off the edge, $2.9 million, $2.29 million deal. So we'll see if he's able to fill any of that void. They also brought back, we didn't know if it was for sure going to happen or not, but Quan Alexander, linebacker. So now it looks like that Quan Alexander, Demario Davis uh, combination will once again be intact for 2021. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the draft goes, they picked up Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston. So once again, maybe uh, a void filler there. Pete Warner, linebacker out of Ohio State, who could see some time on the field sooner rather than later. And then Paulson Adebo, who is a defensive back out of Stanford, who also could see the field rather soon, besides rather later. Uh, that came out very weird. Let's keep <laughs> it moving right along. Uh, as far as the defense goes, we'll talk about uh, the projected starters here. It's actually kind of up in the air still, the projected starters. But as far as 2020 goes, they rushed or they allowed uh, opponents to average 5.8 yards per play so straight up five yards per play opponent completion percentage was at 59.77 percent across the board but they did play a little bit of a weak schedule last year opponent third down conversion percent was at 37.61 so again kind of plays into that schedule and then in the red zone the opponent scored at 65.52 percent so compared to all those numbers a big disparity in the red zone that i think they're going to have to correct here in 2021 I believe they have the guys to do it. They have a lot of top-tier names, but I don't know if just having top-tier names is really going to be the best thing and if they're really going to have the cohesion they need to put mm -hmm. up the numbers they need to win some games and keep the Saints in it because I don't know how many points the offense is going to put up even though they looked spectacular against the Jaguars' second string last week. That all being said, the Saints defense uh, projected into 2021. You have uh, Cam Jordan on the left end and then Marcus Davenport on the right end. Obviously, Marcus Davenport might uh, be rotated in there with somebody who knows exactly what that depth will be. But as far as it goes, he should be the week one starter. Then you have Shai Tuttle and David Onyemata in the middle. Those guys are lockdown starters. Uh, might have a few depth pieces behind them to potentially add. But for now... They're locked in. And then just told you Demario Davis and Quan Alexander look to be uh, the two linebackers rounding out the front seven. But Pete Warner coming in out of Ohio State, uh, very, very lackluster in coverage, but a blitzer and a half. So if they can groom up his coverage, which Sean Payton has been able to just groom rookie players year in and year out. So I right. think they have no problem. And he finds some serious value on this defense. Now, as far as the secondary, a little bit worrisome to me. They have Marshawn Lattimore on uh, one side in the slot next to him, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And then it was projected to be Patrick Robinson, but Patrick Robinson retires before the season starts. So now, is it going to be Paulson Odebo? Is it o Odebo? Is it going to be, uh, they have a few other options, Ken Haley, Crawley. Crawley. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really going to be up right. in the air who's going to exactly take that spot. And then in the deep secondary, they have Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. So obviously two names that have been in the league for a while. Very good deep backfield tandem. Uh, might be one of the shining spots of this uh secondary however both those guys are getting up in years as mm -hmm. well so saints are kind of running into this problem where their team's getting real old real fast and they had two guys retire in one year you hate to see that i mean for their sake i hope they can put it together in or on the defensive side of the ball for my sake as a bears fan for nfc fans mm -hmm. i hope they have no chance whatsoever but 
I don't expect a whole lot out of this defense. Okay. I actually am going to temper my expectations a little bit from what we've seen over the course of the last few seasons, just because of what I said, how to kind of kick things off there. They have a lot of top tier talent and names, but I don't know how well they actually put that together here okay. in 2021. And it leaves a lot of, I've said it a lot today, it leaves a lot of question marks in my mind. So I'm not uh, super high on them, partner. Where are you feeling for the 2021 Saints defense? Okay, I am. Sounds like I'm a little bit higher on them than you are. Having said that, I am still thinking that they regress compared to what they have been the last few years, whether it's age, like you said, or losing some of that depth, like I mentioned, and Trey Hendrickson and his 13 and a half sacks. So I do still think they're going to be a top half defense. I guess I don't know where you slot them as far as, you know, that they, would be where I'd okay, say, yeah. For sure. So I do still think they're going to be a top half been defense. A top five defense. Right, exactly. So, so I think they're going to be closer to the like top 10 range, in my opinion. Yeah. And then as far as Pete Werner, Quan Alexander, I think Pete Werner is going to learn a lot this year. It seems to me that they must have brought Quan Alexander back because they're still a little skeptical as far as what Werner can bring to them if he were the everyday starter or every snap starter. So I think that's, uh, Big reason why they brought Quan Alexander back in. But aside from that, kind of as you said, I think there will be a little bit of aggression while they'll still show some flashes, whether it's their individual players or their defense as a whole as being, I guess, vintage Saints defense over the last few years. But for the most part, I guess I echo a lot of your statements, partner. And I think we do see some, yeah, I don't want to say serious regression, but uh, definitely some regression nonetheless. Definitely a little bit nonetheless. I think that's the perfect way to put it, uh, especially from what we've seen from the Saints defense year over year, probably over the last five to maybe yeah, even four or five, in yeah. 10 years, maybe. Who knows? Either way, uh, as far as the key rankings from the guys over at SFA goes, wrapping up the defensive side of the ball, they're pretty high on this defense. Uh, I think it's it's pretty accurate. They could uh, definitely improve upon it, but they could also definitely regress sure. from these numbers. Uh, front seven comes in ranked as the 11th best unit in the league, and the secondary is ranked as the 14th best unit in the league. Obviously, that uh, rating was put out with Patrick Robinson in the lineup, sure. so that might have uh, ticked way up to right around the 2025 mark. We'll have to see. uh, Jury's still out. We don't know who's exactly going to get the start or exactly the production we see from this defense. But both me and Mags are definitely predicting we see a little bit of regression nonetheless. That all being said, let's quickly touch on the coaching staff. Uh, Pretty much the exact coaching staff has been as uh, if you've been watching the Saints for the last decade. You got Sean Payton coming in here for his 16th official season as the Saints head coach. One of the only coaches to... uh, rival if you will yesterday's coach of the day yeah. bill belichick when you actually put that on paper it seems crazy that it's only a six-year difference it, it does seem kind of crazy that it is that but either way now you know that also joining him for his 13th official season as offensive coordinator of the saints pete carmichael we'll see what he can do with a brand new set of quarterback well not necessarily Taysom hill or Jameis winston but they haven't necessarily been the starter for pete yet so he's gonna have to work his magic and so is sean payton sean payton's gonna have to have a coaching year and a half if he wants to have any success at all in 2021 and then the defensive coordinator coming in seventh official year Dennis Allen uh this this coaching staff is obviously very strong Sean Payton comes in ranked as the fourth coach in the league per the guys over at SFA so definitely worthy of that ranking you look back into 2020 and what he was able to do with all the injuries and loss of key pieces and superstars if you will and they still had a decent season and were able to beat the Bears in the wild card round and then lose to the Bucs in the playoffs so everybody thought they were going to beat the Bucs because they beat them twice during the regular season but the Bucs and Tampa Tom turned it on when it really mattered 
either way, that all being said, Sean Payton's going to have to coach identically to that, mm-hmm. if not notch that up about five levels with uh, the lack of depth, the huge amount of injuries, and the lack of superstar talent on this team now with some of those injuries. So I think they struggle just a bit here, but I think this coaching staff is able to work a little magic, use their uh, puppet strings, yeah. if you will, and get these guys whipped into shape and uh, at least have a a reasonable record here yeah. in the NFC. I actually personally think Sean Payton is number two behind Bill Belichick, in my own personal opinion, as far really? as coaching rankings. Yeah, All just right. throwing that out there. All right, well... I would be pretty doggone close up there just because of how well he did coach last year. And last year really solidified that for me, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it was insane to see what he did. So obviously he's going to need to do it again. But when you look at it coming in for his 16th season, he's rivaling Bill Belichick. I mean, he's obviously been with the Saints that long for a reason. Mm -hmm. He's going to be able to get something done. So that does it. Everything for the entire team breakdown. You know offense, you know defense. Well, maybe a little bit. There's still some question marks. We don't even know who the heck's going to be starting in some of those spots. And now you know the coaching staff. Let's keep this show steaming on down the tracks today, my friends. After just a little bit of bump in the road, now we're just cruising. Set cruise control about 75 miles an hour going down a wide open four-lane highway at this point in time, baby. So get into the second. 75? How about 175? Get into the second (laughs) segment of the day with the Saints full schedule breakdown. Now, as always, we won't go week by week, but I will tell you that their bye week is in week six. We will go through the full uh, season uh, week by week betting. let me restart that. We'll go through the full betting lines week by week once we get into the full season preview. So, if you're uh, really wanting to know who they're playing week by week, all that jazz, we'll let you know all that right now in the schedule breakdown. We're just going to give you our full predictions, everything for 2021. First things first, we're going to start at where we always do. And ladies and gentlemen, that is in the division, the NFC South. Now, the NFC South doesn't look as strong as it once did by any means. And we have not been high on the Saints at all because we have covered the Panthers and we have covered the Falcons and we're right around the corner from covering the Buccaneers. That all being said, I do believe that Sean Payton finds a way to outcoach Arthur Smith in both games. Mm-hmm. I I believe it can happen. Arthur yep. Smith, obviously going into the season, is going to have more of the talent. It already looks like he's going to have more of the talent. But I think Sean Payton finds a way to outcoach him, and he gets both games against the Falcons. The Panthers is very interesting to me. Um, you had the last season schedule pull up. Did they split with the Panthers last year, or did they? They get beat both? them both. The uh, both last game was in Week 17. I don't know. I didn't dive into that. I don't know what to make of that. That could have been a, seven. yeah. But uh, Week 7 game uh, was a 27-24 victory. So very very tight game. Okay, so I could see him getting both again against the Panthers. Um, I, I just, I don't know what we expect against, uh, from Darnold. That's the biggest thing in my mind, especially against that defense. And then I think the bucks are going to be way too much for him this okay. year and they're not going to get either one from them. So it doesn't feel right. Just with all the question marks and everything, I feel like they could flub up once or maybe even twice at, against the Panthers or the Falcons. I just feel like it could happen, but 
Right off the top of my dome, I'm going to give them four and two coming out of the NFC South this year. Okay. I'm going a little bit different, but still four and two. I am going much like you, a clean sweep of the Falcons. Week 18 is in Atlanta. Those games in Atlanta, even when the Saints are outmatching them, are still pretty damn close. But week 18, I could see that being a big game for the Saints and not so much for the Falcons. So I'll give that two wins there for the Saints. And then I'm going to split with both of the other two teams. I think... You know, they found some magic both games they played against the Bucks. I think they figure it out one of the two. I'm not going to say which one, but I will say a split there. And I'm saying a split against the Panthers as well. I think week two, especially, especially because I think as the season goes on, they'll figure out some of those injuries and they'll kind of iron themselves out and be looking solid as they get into the season. But the first few weeks, week two, they play Carolina in Carolina. And on the road, I think the Carolina Panthers get that one. So give me a clean four and two, just a little bit different than you had it though, partner. So you think the Carolina Panthers get that one, huh? Especially with uh, them, the Saints playing the Patriots right the very next week in week three. So you're thinking a little bit of a look beyond game for the Panthers there. The Saints slip up and the Panthers get the job done. Nah, I, I just think they're going to be a little slow coming out of the gates to start the season, the Saints. All right. So either way, we're both uh, sticking four and two like your opinion there as well. I could definitely see that happening. Let's keep it moving. Keep it grooving. The eight main non-divisional games outside of the NFC South for the Saints this year. They obviously got the AFC East and the NFC East. We don't really know what they'll be either. <laughs> I love it. As far as the AFC East, uh, we have the Bills, the Dolphins, the Pats, and the Jets. You know the drill. Well, I say they get the win over the Jets, but the Jets just start to impress me more and more day by day. And I would not doubt if you're starting to drink some of that green Kool-Aid, too, with the relationship old Zach Wilson has with your boy. But uh, that all being <laughs> said, uh, I think they can get the win over the Dolphins. But that game is played in week 16. It is in New Orleans. So that gives me a little bit more confidence for him. So I think they could get that one. And then I think it's going to be Struggle Bus City against the Pats and the Bills. As the day goes on here more after we covered the uh, Pats yesterday, I just get higher and higher yes, on them on damn. defense. And I just think that Belichick is going to really, really have some stuff ratcheted up and in his back pocket to uh, just surprise the entire NFL and yeah. just say, hey, Last year was a fluke. I don't know. Y'all must have forgot mm -hmm. is what old Billy Boy is going to be saying. <laughs> Sounds exactly Y'all like must have forgot. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. You almost have forgot. Oh, okay, there you <laughs> go. You almost have so I will give them um I'll give them a two and two in the AFC East. Okay. I am also going two and two. I think I am right aligned with you. I will say two and two either way. I could see them I am predicting the same as you, but I, it wouldn't shock me if they beat the Patriots and lost to the Dolphins, but yeah. I am predicting Jets and Dolphins are their two wins. At home, Week 16, Monday night against the Dolphins, even without Drew Brees, I am just conditioned to believe that the Saints are going to win every primetime game at home Sunday, Monday night football in yeah. the Superdome. Yeah. So give me that one, so I'll go 2-2 two and two with you, partner. All right, so 2-2 two and two from the both of us, so we're both on the same page one way or another, and 4-2, and 2-2. Two, two and two. All right, NFC Ish. As mm -hmm. we have uh, so promptly coined here at the TTL pod. The Cowboys game is going to be interesting to me. I still don't know what we see from the Cowboys. Yeah, I still man. can't put my thumb on it. We covered them weeks ago. You said that the Saints could be one of the bigger question marks. The Cowboys are my number one biggest question mark. Yeah, I I, I think these two are pretty doggone. Yeah, not, pretty yeah, doggone equal right. for me. Um, I think they can scratch out the win against the Giants. I just think the Giants aren't going to be good enough this year. The Eagles as well. I don't. I just don't. I think it's going to be a lot of wheel spinning for the Eagles. Yeah. 
I think the football team gets that that done. Mm-hmm. I think that defense, if whether who's ever starting at that point, that game is played in week five. So I would imagine that at the very least, Jameis will get week one through week five. Then they got their bye week in week six. So if Jameis is in that game, I could see that defense wreaking havoc yeah. on him and making him all types of confused. So I will actually give the Washington football team that win. And in a coin flip game, in a last second, Dak Prescott rolling out to the right. All of a sudden, he sees C.D. Lamb streaking down with a, about an arm's length but behind the DB. Touchdown. Cowboys win okay. by two points. Okay. Some miraculous victory. I'll say they go two and two, two in and the two. NFC East. Okay. I am going three and one here. I think they get mm. the wins over the Giants and Eagles. Eagles actually got them in Philly last year. It was a close game. So I think or the three Saints... and one. I'm sorry. That would be three and one. Or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you two got two and two. two. Yeah. Cowboys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Keep going. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Um, so Giants and Eagles. The Eagles got them in Philly last year, actually 24 21. But I think the uh, Saints get a little revenge. It is in Philly again, though. But I'll give them two wins there. And then one way or another, I'll give them a split between the Washington football team and the Cowboys. And I lean towards Washington getting that win. And then that is Thursday night in New Orleans against the Cowboys week 13 on a Thursday night. So I will give them that win. But uh, much like you, that is a toss up for me. But nonetheless, I will go three and one out of the NFC. Also coming off of a Thursday night football game in week 12 against the Buffalo Bills and could be absolutely destroyed. And one of those has got to be, be Thanksgiving and not be in good shape for a uh, shootout with the Cowboys. That's where my mind's at. I think the Cowboys way. are on Thursday night the week before, too. I think that mm-hmm. week 12 might be Thanksgiving because I, there would be a there's no rest disadvantage either or rest sure. advantage disadvantage. So I think both teams are on Thursday night and uh, or Thursday okay. on week 12. So that's something to think about there. Three and one for my partner. I'm going to stick two and two. Definitely. That's fair. Definitely possibility to go three and one. I, and honestly, that Cowboys Saints game is just the biggest coin flip yeah. for me. The Cowboys are more of a question mark for Riley. The Saints are more of a question mark for me. That's just kind of why okay. we're, we're leaning the way we are. So moving right along, that's the eight main non-divisional games. Wrapping it up, the final three, my friends. They got the Saints, the Pack, and the Seahawks. Now, the Saints, Pack, and Seahawks. Oh, I'm sorry. The <laughs> Titans, the Packers, and the Seahawks are who the Saints are playing. Uh, that being said, I, I think they can squeak out the win against the Titans. Um, I'm not sure that the Titans defense is going to be anything to write home about this year. So I think they can squeak that out against the Packers. That game is week one. It's just going to be too much wheel spinning for New Orleans at that point in time, especially against the Pack. I don't care that that's in New Orleans. Uh, it is the Caesars Sportsbook Dome now or mm-hmm. something along those something lines. Something like that. Caesars Dome, whatever it is now. I saw that the other day. Uh, so I give the Pack that one for sure, as much as it pains me to say. And then as far as the Seattle Seahawks go, that is their game right out of the bye week. And it's two of their harder games on the schedule right there. Week seven, week eight, they got Seattle in Seattle, Monday night football, and then Tampa Bay. I think they're going to win that Seattle game, even though it is in Seattle. Uh, the, The 12th man scares me. It really, really does. The only thing why I kind of lean that way is they have a plus seven rest advantage, and they're coming off coming off of that. And with Sean Payton being able to do that and have the time to think about that and put together a scheme, I would lean that way. I'm gonna go. 
I'm gonna go two and one okay. out of the remaining three. Kind of, kind of a lean, but could definitely be one and two. Okay, I'm leaning towards one and two here, one way or another. Very similar thoughts to you. But I'm going one and two. I just don't have enough confidence in any of these three games. Obviously, I'm going to give the pack the win in week one. I can't uh, can't say too much else about that. But Seahawks and Titans, I think they split one way or another. Both are on the road. They do. Uh, as much as I like them in week seven coming off their bye in Seattle, I just don't know. I do kind of like the matchup against the Titans. So one way or another, I'm going one and two. But that's my. these three are probably my least confident on all of these breakdowns that we've done as far as their own schedule here. What do you got? Well, we have done it again, partner. How we have done it again. Whether you're with him or you're with me, it doesn't matter. Maybe you think that they struggle a little bit more in the NFC East, or maybe you think they struggle a little bit more in the remaining three games. Either way, you got a 10-8 and record there for the New Orleans. 10-7. and record for the New Orleans Saints. I do apologize. 2-4-6-7-8. 2, 4, 6, 7. Oh, I did the wrong. The I write them next to each other. My bad. <laughs> yeah, so 10 and 7. I forgot there's 17. There's uh, not 18. 10 yes, and 7. 18 weeks. Either way, um, Saints' current win total is set at 9 total wins. So we're one over. As always, we obviously have a boatload to talk about in the uh, betting preview sure portion. Uh, we will get right into that. We're not going to waste any time because obviously that is a lot to talk about with is how many question marks yeah. we had with the Saints and we got them going one win over the win total. We got to walk back a little something, something. Quite there. possibly. Or, or maybe not at all. Who knows? But we got plenty to talk about. Stick around the third segment coming right up here in a second. But before we get into that, courtesy of guys over at SFA, they detail this out real nice and neat for us. Um, the key rest and prep advantages or disadvantages for the Saints here this year. Uh, they play two opponents that have over a week to prepare for the Saints, and then they have uh, one opponent that has less than a week to prepare. So nothing crazy, only a one difference, but still worth noting. Team, uh, the Saints come in on two rest disadvantages, but they also play on two rest advantages. So doesn't really matter anything there. Uh, nothing, once again, that you really need to worry about. And then no short week road games for the Saints this year, but they do play two games off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. And just so you are aware of those uh, games that you know, uh, one of those games is the Buccaneers and the other game is the Panthers. Or no, I'm sorry, the Dolphins. Uh, talk about a week 15 Sunday night football against yeah, the Bucks. week 16 Monday night football against the Dolphins. I mean, prime time here for the Saints. The schedule makers are not shying away from them, but uh, they did not screw them, if you will, as far as the rest and prep goes. So right. not something the Saints are going to have to worry about or another question mark, if you will, on top of all the other ones they're going to have to battle this season. So there you go. You know all of our predictions. You know who they're playing. Let's break it down week by week, talk about it in depth, give you the value we're finding because, you know, we're sports betting analysts at the end of the day. <laughs> Handicappers for you good old degenerates out there. Let's get into the full betting preview for the New Orleans Saints here in 2021. Now, before we do, we got to go back to the past real quick and dive into 2020. Now, they had an average line in 2020 of 4.9. They were favored by 4.9 points, so almost five points there. And they have come way down into 2021. Almost over, actually, 
three full points. They are 1.2 favorites now, getting or giving a point and a half on average to their opponents. So obviously the books are not giving as much respect to this team with the loss of Drew Brees, quarterback question marks, and these numbers might trend down even a little bit more with all these injuries. What do we see from the defense? What do we see from the wide receiver room? Nonetheless, in 2021, they are still favored in 11 games and underdogs in only six games. So the books still respect them, even though they are by small numbers. As far as 2020 does go, 10-6 ATS record for the Saints, 12-4 straight up. That does not include playoffs. They were 8-6 as a favorite and 2-0 ATS as an underdog. At home, we're still able to defend home turf, even with a uh, lot of injuries week to week. 5-3 against the number 6-2 straight up. As a home favorite, they were 4-3, so a little shaky there. But as a home dog, tried and true, 1-0 ATS. On the road, same exact splits, 5-3 ATS, 6-2 straight up. 4-3 as an away favorite, 1-0 as an away dog. So I think the Saints stay consistent. I think we're going to have to wait and see and not hammer them in right away. Right. Uh, <clears throat> not to get into it too much, but I think I would lean definitely Packers early or maybe even all the opposing teams in the first five weeks. Uh, definitely something to think about. So maybe then I got to rewalk back my exactly how they get to 4-2 and two in the sure. NFC South. Either way, that all being said... I still think we see a little bit of success here in the late season, uh, at least against the number. But we might see a lot of success against the game totals. And I think this is something you need to take note of. So uh, crank those headphones up real quick. Average 2020 line for uh, the game totals for the Saints was 48.8. 2021, they moved it all over the place right back to 48.8. So it is the exact same total, my friends. So let me tell you a little bit how they did in 2020 and what I'm thinking here. 10 and 6 over under overall, once again, not including their two playoff games against the Bears and Bucks. At home, they were 6 and 2 to the over, 4 and 4 over under on the road. They were 9 and 6 to the over as a favorite and 1 and 0 to the over as an underdog. I think we see a lot of overs here from this team once again. We'll talk about it here in just a second when we break down week by week, but they have some favorable over totals especially against some favorable teams they're playing and i think it could just be back and forth back and forth back and forth 30 30 games mm -hmm. 35 30 games so that's my opinion there last but certainly not least tell you a little bit about 2020 i don't know if this regresses at all this is in large part i do believe because of drew Brees, but their records for teasers, 6, 7, and 10 points respectively, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and 14 and 1. So definitely a team you want to add to your teasers, but I don't know how well they do against the number, especially early. So definitely a team to target and keep your eye on, but with all of the changes, all of the injuries, all of the everything going on in New Orleans right now, I think you got to take a step back and not read too much into those great teaser numbers mm -hmm. and want to slam them <clears throat> in right away, especially in the first five weeks of the season. So be a little bit tentative there when it comes to that. So that's all 2020. Let's go back to the future into 2021. Don't want to get rid of that or else I wouldn't know what the hell we're talking about today. Uh, first things first, let's break it down week by week here, my friend. Yes, sir. As you all know, I will tell you all of the spreads here as soon as I get to the right page. Uh, kind of tell you some value that I'm finding early on here, uh, things that I might hammer in or maybe even that I might fade, take the opposing team, and then uh, kick it over to my partner. We'll talk a little bit more in depth. Quickly, some nice high-quality H2O. Yes, sir. So before you start, 
Week one has flipped. All right. Week one line has flipped. So, week one, the Saints are at home hosting the Green Bay Packers. They are giving th- or they are getting three. They're getting three now. Uh, they, it is completely flipped. They are three point underdogs against the Pack. So I would definitely uh, buy into that. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. Week two, they are giving two and a half points. They are now giving three points to the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. New England, they're giving a point in week three. Week four, they are giving five and a half to the Giants. Week five, this might be my favorite one. They are one and a half point favorites against the Washington football team. I would not only take the plus one and a half with the WFT, but I'm taking that money line in Riverboat Rom, baby. Coming out of the bye week in week six, they got the Seahawks in week seven in Seattle. They are getting three points against those Seahawks. They're only getting two and a half points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That game is at home in week eight. I would have to hammer in the Bucks minus two and a half. I think they come out swinging. They know what they're getting now. They were able to get it done in the playoffs. And we all know Tom didn't even know what was going on on offense half the time during the regular <laughs> season last year. We saw it time and time again, and he even admitted to it in the postseason. Week nine, they are giving six points to Atlanta at home. That does not surprise me at all, but I'm not so fast to run to the window on a touchdown spread on this Saints offense. No. Week 10, they are getting two and a half points against the Titans. That one is on the road in Tennessee. Then they stay on the road in week 11, go to Philly, but they are giving three and a half points to the Eagles. And then they uh, go to, or actually it's back home, but they play the Bills in week 11. They are, that has come down now. At the time of writing, it was uh, minus three and a half. They were three and a half point favorites. Now it's down to minus three. So maybe something to look for. Oh, I apologize. I thought you were under week 12. My bad. Oh, I'm okay. So yeah, it uh, is uh, 11 is minus three and a half. They are three and a half point favorites against the Eagles. And then week 12, they are three-point dogs that is on thanksgiving wowza so it was plus one and a half they were one and a half now they are up to three-point dogs on week 12 thanksgiving against the bills week 13 they are favored against the cowboys by three and a half points so that might be something oh it's down oh no i'm guessing it's gonna come down so i'm thinking that might be something where i take the points with the boys and then week 14 they are giving three points to the jets on the road then week 15 they get a touchdown against the bucks in tampa bay week 16 they're giving three and a half to the dolphins so potentially that is the game that they get as uh or they do not get as we are predicting i do like the three and a half points with the dolphins and i think i even like the dolphins money line in that situation as well and then week 17 they are giving six and a half points to the Panthers at home and then close out the season as a one point dog to the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, that one not being in New Orleans. Either way, I think it's still a valuable play in week 18. That might be one of the only times you can play them is against the Falcons. But as I said, in week nine, I don't know how comfortable I am laying a touchdown and right. eating that chalk against the Falcons. I might look at the Falcons, but. I got to see what the fact we as one of the first teams we covered and I got to see a lot first. I almost need to go back to the Falcons for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I reread some of these first few teams. I I don't know. I will see what we see from them, but we'll see what we see. Yeah. No kidding. Colt. Um, But other than (laughs) that, uh, that's kind of my predictions overall. Some of the value that I'm finding here early, uh, just glancing through the weekly lines partner, anything jump off the board at you before I dive into some game totals. Yeah. Nothing crazy jumps out at me. I think they should be decent at home. 
The one thing that I will say, as far as the over-under, kind of like you said, I think it's going to be real similar to last year, but with James, if Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, whatever week it is, I think it's going to be an over-team. If Taysom Hill finds his way into the starting job, I think we could see an under-team. The four weeks that Hill was the starting quarterback when Drew Brees was out last year, only one of the game totals. These aren't, I don't know what the betting numbers are. I just had this up and was thinking about this as we were going. Three out of the four that he started were under 40 points, so I have to imagine those were all unders. And then the one that did go over 40 points was 45 points, so that one might be a toss-up as far as what the total was. What games were those, my friend? Uh, so that is weeks 11 through 14 um just tell me some opponents falcons broncos falcons and eagles falcon broncos so those games went under 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 and over okay. against the eagles so right. yeah so yeah Something if Taysom hill is the starting quarterback i am gonna say hammer the under just about Three every one single the time under. yep so that's really all i can say here um you know none of these other ones really slap me in the face just yet as you said i think we're gonna have to see this team and a couple of the other teams that are on their schedule so nothing to really draw from it from my perspective quite yet yeah, this might be an under team. I really don't know, uh, kind of getting into the game totals. Uh, they don't really have anything super low. Everything is right around the lowest one is 46 and a half. Yeah. Everything 47, 48, 49, 50, 51 and a half. And they're all right around there. The most common is 48 and 50. So I think they're setting those because oh, we don't know who's going to be quarterback. We don't know if it's going to be an over team, if it's going to be an under team. So I think the moral of the story as we kind of went through everything there is we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to kind of let the Saints write their own story sure. here in the first few weeks of the 2021 season before I think we can run to the window and try and hammer in any bets on them. Now, they might be worth a fade. I wouldn't mind taking the Packers uh, as a favorite. I wouldn't mind taking the points with the Panthers. I might even look at the money line with the Patriots in week three. So I think the first five weeks might be a, uh, a struggle and a half here for the guys. And I don't know all too much value you can find early. So definitely right. be tentative when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. Right. Depending on what that week four number is against the Giants, uh, that might be the one out of those first five weeks that I might be interested in. Absolutely. Hey, uh. You did the little burp ski into mm. the mic. I did not. <laughs> just, oh, I didn't. It must have been a different noise. I didn't burp a, or anything. I, you might not have noticed it. Just, just in case for future reference. Uh, that all being said, keep it moving. Keep it grooving. Partner, I got to ask you. Not that I really even need to ask you. You don't. Week one, it's not way too early anymore. We only have two weeks away before the start of the official 2021 NFL regular season. The... New Orleans Saints, welcome in your Green Bay Packers into the Caesars Sportsbook Dome now or whatever the hell it's actually called. Are you taking the three points with the Saints, the underdogs? Are you going to lay the chalk with your pack and QB12? Man, what a tough one. Now, give me the pack. And also, I'm probably leaning towards the over. That one probably is a lot more biased, but it was 37-30, the game that they played last year, and it was in New Orleans. So give me, and I guess it says 50 and a half here. I guess I don't know if that's still the total, but give me the Packers and the over in week one, partner. I, I would have to agree with you as well. Even though I am not a homer on that side, mm -hmm. you will find my partner hammering in the Packers, regardless of if it's a good bet or not. He absolutely loves his pack. 15 and a half still, yep. But I do believe you went over. 
Yep, over 50 and a half. Okay. Um, I do like that side of things, but I do think the pack minus three is probably the most valuable. Oh, certainly. Most definitely. Um, Most definitely. I I would lean on that side of things. Definitely. uh, You'll probably find the pack minus three in my bet slip come week one, and I can say for certain without him even concurring that you're going to find it in our max bet slip on week one. Sure will. Didn't even have to concur. If it's over there with three, minus three, you know, I might be a little tentative on it, but uh, minus three or lower, give me that action, no question. All right, so way too early, but actually not anymore. Week one pick, me and Mags were taken. The Green Bay Packers, minus three, ticks up to minus three and a half. Might still be comfortable there as well. And then Mags also likes over 50 and a half. Be sure to follow us on the Action Network app or check all of our best bets on TalkingTheLine.com so you can cash these gridiron tickets with us when they're actually live. But for now, let's go back to the season win total. I already told you guys it is set at nine wins. The over is at plus 110 and the under is at minus 130. In my mind, I believe that the over plus 110 is a trap and a half. Mm -hmm. We are only over by one win. Uh, Either way, however you uh, slice the watermelon, uh, we got to 10 and 7 wins. 10 and 7 does not give me enough confidence to write out a plus 110 bet on the over. And I'm not really trying to eat the chalk of under minus 130, even though it's not much chalk we still notched out enough wins for them to get over. At the end of the day, I see no value, and I'm going to stay away from the Saints season win total, but be very interested if they actually do hit that over. Yeah, I kind of echo what you say here. I am not confident enough to hammer this in, even at plus money. You might say, hey, you know, there's the extra. You could get a push if they fall a little bit below your expectations, but I'm not trying to push futures here. We're trying to win them, so... For that matter, I will be staying away, but I do think they get to 10 wins. But uh, yeah, plus 110 and not enough confidence. I'm staying away. All right, so we're both staying away from the season win total. Suggest you do too, but if you must hammer it in, take the over at plus 110 because uh, 10 wins does seem very attainable. Make or miss the playoffs is almost identical. Mm -hmm. Yes, to make the playoffs is at plus 110, and no is at minus 134. So just a little bit more chalky on the no. I don't think I would play that side either. Um, I think they make the playoffs, but I think it's at plus 110 because when's the last time you can remember the Saints missing the playoffs, even in a down year last year? So I don't expect them to. But I also can't give you 100% certainty that they are. we are going to see them in the 2021 playoffs. So, once again, it's a stay away from me. Yep. Yeah, same as you, man. I think it's very similar to uh, 9 win total. I would be more comfortable with the 9 win total just because 10 and 7, you know, typically 10 wins get you in the playoffs, but not every single year. So, I would be, I think the over 9 is a little more valuable. But nonetheless, give me a stay away once again. All right. Now into the division, conference, and Super Bowl winners. Um, obviously if we have a lot of question marks on the aspect of win totals and on the aspect of making the playoffs, probably not a whole lot of value either, but I'll tell you a little bit about them. They are second in the NFC South at plus 440. Obviously you don't even really have to imagine that the Bucks are number one and odds right now. 
I think the Bucks win it once again. I think they finally got it figured out, and I think for the first time in a long time, the Bucks do get the job done and repeat. Repeat. I, that's my hot take early on in the season. I just I don't see how they can possibly struggle, but we'll see what happens. As far as the AFC winner goes, uh, or NFC winner goes. Oh, that's my bad. Uh, plus sixteen hundred right now. They're at uh, seventh overall, and then uh, win Super Bowl fifty six plus three thousand odds. They are twelfth right now in those rankings. So, if you're a diehard fan, maybe worth a look. But I am uh, really on the fence if they even make it to the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm with you. And there, I believe the Bucks actually, or the Saints actually, managed to win the division despite the Bucks getting them in the playoffs. The playoff game was in New Orleans, so the Saints actually won that division, but nonetheless, I think the Bucks win that division. So I got no value here either, partner. Yeah, I don't think it's much of a repeat uh, if I do say so myself. I think it's going to be kind of a <laughs> complete flippage of the scrippage, yeah. if you will, here in 2021. But that does it for all the Conference Division Super Bowls. We can't just leave you guys without any doggone value. We can't just say, ah, it's a stay away. Oh, I do. I mean, I guess we can. That is valuable. That is uh, telling <laughs> yeah. you not to waste your damn sure. hard-earned monies. But um, we found a little bit of side value. That might be worth a little bit of sprinkle here, a little sprinkle, sprinkle there. First things first, famous Jameis. Mm -hmm. If he gets the start and produces, maybe doesn't struggle at all in the first five weeks like we are kind of predicting, and they just sail on through the season, and old Sean Payton shocks a bunch of people with his new and improved eye-fixed quarterback. Jameis could have the most yards in the league. This wide receiver room is going to bring a lot of question marks to that. But the last time Jameis was in prime time, rocking and rolling, you'll remember his 30 touchdowns and his 30 interceptions, but... Do you remember that he led the league with 5,149 yards? Oh, you didn't know that, did you? So, might be something to think about at plus 2,400 odds. That is like the pristine future odds bet. I mean, well, it's pristine it, sprinkle. Two, plus 2,000, plus 2,600. If you can find some sort of a path for those guys, it is worth a little bit. And I think Jameis could get it done. Obviously, the wide receivers are going to bring a lot of question marks into him being able to do that. But they haven't shown all too many bad plays or all too much regression in the preseason. Obviously, they're not playing the top of the line DBs, but still something to think about. Yeah, I, you know, as you mentioned, it would make me feel a lot better if Michael Thomas was fully healthy and to go for week one, I might actually be no question hammering it in if that was the factor. I might be interested in it, interested in it from an entertainment standpoint because, as you mentioned, he could throw 30 interceptions and he could still be at the top of this list. So, you know, there are question marks because maybe Taysom Hill takes over at some point or maybe even they do some goofy stuff where... If it's a weird matchup like week five against the football team, maybe they think, hey, you know, Jameis, you're still our guy, but we think Taysom Hill might give us the best chance in this specific game, so we're going to give him the start here. That could be a possibility because Sean Payton has worked Taysom Hill in uh, when, uh, you know, when it makes sense like that. So I guess I'm kind of saying to stay away, but I really, from just a sheer entertainment standpoint, I want to hammer it in. Yeah, I think it is definitely worth a little yeah, twenty four hundred, a little five ten bucks sprinkle. Yeah. Why the hell not? Just in case. But you also mentioned he could throw thirty interceptions, so it also might be worth a look at the most interceptions for Jameis Winston to lead the NFL. 
that's at plenty plus 2600 odds so maybe potentially worth a little sprinkle sprinkle there too i don't know he looked awful damn good in week two preseason week two so we'll see if he keeps it clean keeps it tight keeps it concise yeah, i don't he didn't know make too many bonehead plays but we'll have to wait and see the jury's still out but it too might also be worth a sprinkle out of the two i personally am probably at the bare minimum gonna toss five or ten bucks on Jameis to have the most passing okay. touchdowns because I think it could be an electric sweat yep. and he surprises the hell out of a bunch of people. Okay. I might throw just, again, from a sheer entertainment standpoint, might throw a few bucks on both of these yeah. because yeah. 2019, he led the league in both of these. Yeah. So obviously yeah. totally different situation here. I am not going to say this is a great bet by any means because there are a lot of rookie quarterbacks that are going to be seeing some time and could see some issues. Mm -hmm. And Jameis could, uh, you know, with his eyes fixed for Sean Payton, maybe he's a little less aggressive, but at the end of the day, he's still got a very aggressive mindset. And, uh, you know, he falls into some deception here and there. So from a sheer entertainment standpoint, I think I'm going to be playing at least a little, little, tiny little sprinkle on both of these two bets here. <laughs> I think I got to play both of them, too. I, I think you are probably going to see these as so uh, too, futures in my uh, my bet slip wherever you follow my yep. bets. So, uh, With a nice little caveat of sheer entertainment. Sheer entertainment. We're going <laughs> to circle and put a nice star so your boy doesn't like forget 0.25 about those. unit, maybe. All right. Well, there it goes. The side bets, the future value we found. Also, I hate to keep finding additional value on this but if sean payton can coach the way he did last year and even better and get these saints to the playoff with playoffs with what the team he has right now that's shaken out before him none of his fault he's got a bid for coach of the year so it might be worth just a little bit of sprinkling on him as well i believe it was 2200 right around looking for. yeah right around in that ballpark uh might be fluctuating just a little bit but the path is there it sure as is. we like to say i would say i agree with you i think the path is there um i would say i'm not gonna hammer it in because i think the path would be them winning the division over the bucks which mm -hmm. i don't think is gonna happen but hey yeah. you know Jameis winston could be 100 percent fixed and uh you know maybe they win 13 games once again i don't know so the path is there but i'll stay away yep wasn't really uh for sure saying anything yeah, either yeah, way. Yeah. just wanted to mention it most and, definitely uh, let's get the shizzo rezapped up uh last and final segment of the day the fourth segment of the day one of our favorite segments of sure the day. is the best fantasy advice coming from the ttl crew is about to be live on your screen with the segment we have dubbed start stash or pass it is now time for that segment Quarterback room, partner, as always, I'll kick it on over to you. Uh, famous Jameis and Taysom Hill. Are you targeting either one of these quarterbacks in your upcoming draft? And if you do get your hands on them, are you starting them, stashing them, or, hey, forget it, I'm passing on them all together? Taysom Hill, I'll start with him. I'm going to pass on him even if he does find his way into the starting lineup. He is not, uh, you know, when they have him in the lineup, it's more of a grinded-out type of offense. And so that's not really going to have you some value as, from a fantasy perspective. Jameis, however... I'm interested in Mr. Jameis Winston. We talked about it a second ago. Even winning through 30 picks, he led the league in passing yards. He was also number three in quarterback fantasy points in that season. So I'm going to be uh, looking for Jameis nonetheless. I think he puts up the yards regardless of what his receiver situation. If you're actually looking from a game-to-game -game perspective, it might not look great. But 
I think from a fantasy perspective, James is going to be putting up those numbers that are you can count on. All right. Well, I would have to agree with you in that retrospect. Um, starting with Jameis, I would say that he kind of falls in that QB2 tier for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe the higher end with the potential to maybe break into that QB1 ceiling. I don't know how quickly you should act to start him early sure. on in the season. Sure, sure, sure. The big thing, too, for me is that I don't know how much he's going to be able to add in the way of his legs. I don't think very much whatsoever. And even though he did lead the league in passing and in pretty doggone close to touchdowns, he was fourth in touchdowns as well. So I think he can get up there. But week to week, are these receivers going to be able to stay healthy, continue to produce, and allow him to get those numbers? You know he'll be able to rely on AK over the course of the season. I was about to say, yep. But outside of that... Who can you rely on week to week? Right. Look me dead in the eyes and tell me, yep, sure. no question yeah, right fair. now. Yeah. So definitely something to think about. And then I, too, will be passing on Taysom Hill. Now for the running back room, obviously this one's super easy. We don't have to spend too much time at all. If you play fantasy at all, you know where we're going. Alvin Kamara definitely falls in the top five running back tier for me once again this year. If you have one of the first five picks, you got to pick him up. Do not. Uh, Is he your number one overall pick? He's no? not my okay. number one overall pick. Christian McCaffrey would be my okay. number one overall pick, no question, uh, especially with the comeback uh, kind of narrative okay. surrounding him as well uh, and uh, McCaffrey's mindset. I think he has an outlandish season okay. coming into uh, 2021. And then Latavius Murray, I mentioned earlier in the show, could still have the potential to be an elite handcuff. Um, I don't think he's worth a starting spot right off the bat. I think we've got to see. Told you, too. He's getting up there in age, but he can still get the job done, no question. No hate on him for that at all. But he might be worth a, a pickup uh, in the very late rounds. I wouldn't go out of your way to get him because uh, he can definitely give you flex numbers from week to week with uh, a very low RB3 uh, ceiling. I wouldn't put it anywhere super high. Maybe one week he does something big, has two touchdowns when AK should have been on the field or something weird like sure. that happens. Definitely not worth a starting roster spot, but if you are kind of kicking things around, maybe in a redraft in Dynasty, don't waste the spot. I would definitely look elsewhere. But Alvin Kamara, RB1, no question. You got to take him if in, you're in the first five picks. Yeah, I'll start with uh, Murray on my side of things. I will wait till later rounds. I will stash him as a handcuff. And knock on wood, if anything happens to Alvin Kamara, I would l- absolutely start him if he's the number one back, which obviously we don't uh, forecast. And then Alvin Kamara, unlike you, you know, obviously I love Christian McCaffrey, but give me Alvin Kamara as my number one pick if I've got the number one pick overall. He was the number one scorer in fantasy last year. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey was out of town, but I think those two will be competing for it once again. And kind of like what we're talking about this entire show, the receivers being a question kind of plays in hand that for me. Last year, when they had all those issues, Alvin Kamara was getting around 10 catches a game, you know, 5 to 10 catches pretty consistently. So give me that once again with Jameis or Taysom Hill depend it doesn't matter for me who it is I think he puts up those PPR catches and gets you where you need to be and it's going to deliver on that number one first overall pick value in my eyes but I could absolutely uh, go for a toss-up with him and McCaffrey though but I lean towards uh, AK but (laughs) but he's on AK he's AK so we will move on into the wide receiver room you know all of our opinions there I don't know what kind of value we see out of these guys this season In my mind, there are two guys that I do believe you can target in some capacity. Uh Based off what we saw in preseason week two and week one also, he's got chemistry with both of the quarterbacks, Marquez Callaway. 
I'm willing to take a flyer on him. We haven't seen a whole bunch in his first few years in the league. We've seen a few flashes here or there. But I don't know if we see the elite, elite talent that you might right. need. So he's going to be a late-round guy for me, but I would definitely be willing to slot him in my flex from week to week if he does have a favorable secondary matchup. And then also, I look at Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith, pretty much exact same story. Hasn't ever had a huge elite season yet so far in the league, but he's shown flashes here or there and had the ability. If either Jameis or Taysom is going to throw to somebody, it's going to be one of those two guys in my mind, and I just don't know if you can trust Kawan Brown yet. Deontay Harris might be worth a flex flyer, but if you're really hurting, needing to target a wide receiver, and you're trying to target one out of the Saints, I would either say Callaway and or Traquan Smith, but definitely temper your expectations to no more than flex value. Definitely no more than that. Okay. That's where my mind lies. What are you thinking as far as the wide receivers? Yeah, very similar here. I might pass on Traquan Smith altogether. He had a 7.4 average last year. I think that takes up a little bit, but I don't think it goes over a 10-point average. Maybe I'll stash him just because, uh, you know, without Michael Thomas, maybe that production rises decent enough to have some type of consistency. Marquez Callaway, much like you, I am high on him. I just i am a little nervous about how high I am on him because, much like you, I don't want to overdraft him, and then he turns out to be an absolute dud. So I will stash him, and I'm very curious to see where he's going to drafts. And then Michael Thomas, that is the trickiest one as far as do you draft him high? And I the, I think the answer is no because you just don't know. You know, if he slips a little bit and he's sitting right there and you don't like some of your other options, maybe because I think the value, if he does come back and is playing, I think the value gets close to what we used to see from him. Top five wide receiver in fantasy value, but I'm just too scared to take him in the draft if I'm being honest. So I'll pass, I suppose, on him as well. I am too. That's why I kind of left him out. I wanted to see what you were going to say about him because I don't know. I don't know if he'll even be a saint this year. Right. I don't know if he'll milk out this injury as long as he possibly right. can with what Sean Payton has come out and already said. All I'm right. sure that didn't put rainbows and fucking unicorns right. into that relationship if, I, if I'm if i a betting man right. and you know me. So, yeah, yeah. hey, I, I just don't know if he's going to be a saint or not at the end of the day. And we might see him on another team. Is it going to be week six? Is it going to be week seven after the bye? Is it going to be week 12? I don't know. And right. you, you can't, you can't. Man, theme of the day, question marks. Right. You can't have those question marks going into a fantasy season. So I would say avoid him. Somehow you can get a stash spot on him for sure. Be my guest. But if you need somebody now, need to target somebody now, I think we see a lot of early production from definitely Marquez Callaway. And then also in regards to Traquan Smith, the reason why he ticked down a little bit in 2020, he is a slot guy, and they mm-hmm. obviously had Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. So he didn't see the field sure, all too much except when he was hurt. Had a decent 2019. I had him on my fantasy team in 2019. And it, from week to week, you could really bank on him doing something. And I think we see a little bit return to okay. that mean here in 2021. That's where my thoughts Fair are, enough. at least. As far as the tight end room goes, not a whole lot you can talk about here. Um, obviously, the huge injury preseason, I mean, we weren't even expecting it to happen. Uh, obviously, nobody ever does. But Troutman, he seemed like he was full go, ready to rock and roll, and was playing excellent, and then gets this foot, ankle, shin injury, whatever it is. He has avoided a major injury, but I don't know if that's going to linger through the course mm-hmm. of the season, when he's actually going to be back. So that kind of takes Troutman out of the ballpark for me, and and I was actually thinking about making him close to my TE1. I thought he could be in that cream of the crop, a 
below those guys that are in that top 10 that everybody runs to the board and targets. Right. I thought that he might be a little bit of a sleeper here this year, but I am going to kind of stay away. I'm going to pass on him for now. I, I Maybe if you can afford to stash a second tight end when he comes back, maybe he produces. And then Nick Vanette, I don't know if he's, if he's worth that uh, cream of the crop top uh, draft pick uh, below the top 10 that I was just talking about. I really don't know if he will excuse me, if he will be, I'm going to pass on him as well. I just don't know. Again, theme of the day. There are too many question marks in the mm-hmm. tight end room right now in New Orleans for me to uh, waste a potential potential one I could get a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10 spot guy sure. at tight end with one of these two tight ends here this year. Okay. We are actually very, very close to a line on this one. Uh, Troutman would be the only one that I would have any interest in. If he is healthy, he is going to be one of my sleepers. I'll add some numbers to back up what we're saying here. He had 15 catches last year, obviously nothing crazy, but on 16 targets. So he really proved that he, when he gets the ball coming his way, he's got the hands to bring it in. So you got like that consistency there. And then obviously Jared Cook was in town last year. Jared Cook, last two years, Jared Cook had seven and nine touchdowns last two years, both the highest of his long career. So that kind of lends into if Adam Troutman is the guy and he is healthy, then I like him as a sleeper, much like you do, partner, because, uh, you know, they had to have thought that he was going to be somewhere type close to that type of production as Jared Cook. Otherwise, they probably would have brought Jared Cook back in. So. Give me a sleeper spot, and you know if he's starting the season on the uh, on the out list, give me a red flag on him for sure. Most deaf. And apparently, right. you and I will be jockeying for him once he does come back into it town. It does appear that would be <laughs> the case once this old league starts back yes, up. Sir. But nonetheless, we're going to talk about a group of people that don't get enough love, in my opinion. They're people, too. That specific group of people would be the kickers and uh, actually some value, as per usual, here in New Orleans. They might end up being a field goal team. I sure. don't know. But Will Lutz always is solid fantasy-wise. Saw a little bit of off-tick week-to-week in uh, production last year, but I think he finishes top 10 once again. He'll have no problem. One thing that concerns me, though, is they did bring in Aldrich Rosas for a little bit of competition, so I don't know exactly what they're playing in there. So maybe be a little tentative on how fast you pick up Lutz. Obviously, he's one of the top five uh, kickers off the board year-to-year, at least top 10, if not top eight maybe. But... I don't know if Aldrich Rosas, I don't think he takes that job, but that is very concerning with how good of a kicker Lutz has been. Sure. Maybe just get a little fire underneath his ass from some of those misses last year. Sure. I got no thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. I'll be right there with you. Wrapping it up, defensive side of the ball for start, stash, or pass. I will pass on the Saints defense Mm. for now. I just think they're going to be overdrafted. I think they're going to be one of the first defenses off the board just because of their consistent production. Now, do I think Dennis Allen can fill some of the holes, fill some of the gaps? Sure. I think that they can have a very productive season, but I don't know if it's going to be a productive fantasy season. I don't know that we're going to see all the picks that we once saw, all the sacks that we once saw. It's going to be a lot of issues uh, in some of those areas, and that's what you need from a defense in fantasy. I don't got to tell you that. So... I'm going to pass with a little bit of a stash behind that, maybe if I can get it. But in my mind, I just see them being one of the first three, four, five defenses off the board. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to be worth that this year. Yeah, much like you, Parter, we are very close here. They were number six defense last year. So for me, 
I would like to have them on my team, but much like you, I think they're going to be overdrafted. I'm not going to be drafting them in that top six or even top eight defenses. If they fall beyond that, which much like you, I don't think is going to be the case. I will stash them as my number two defense. Uh, so for that matter, I guess it's a stash. But uh, yeah, I think much like the unit on the on the field regressing like we predicted, I think we see some, uh, you know, a little bit of regression, maybe just outside that top 10 defensive range for fantasy this year. Well, we are pretty much doggone spot on there. You would uh, be correct. All right, my friends, that officially does it. Everything for start, stash, or pass, every single positional grouping, and where we believe you should be targeting them or uh, maybe just avoiding them altogether in your upcoming drafts and fantasy seasons. Throw them in the trash. There you have it, my friends. The official 2021 New Orleans Saints season preview. Now, we ain't got really much else to discuss. We got a little bit of uh, our mag sidebar action to get to. We got a little bit of banter to be had in between. And then, obviously, I got my motivation minutes to dish out to you guys. But before we do all of that, let's send the New Orleans Saints into their 2021 season the only way we know how. So, without further ado, to head coach Sean Payton, Pete Carmichael, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. We wish you the best of luck in your 2021 coaching seasons. To all of the offensive players, high-flying, hard-hitting electricity running through your offense and nothing but smash mouth, downright dirty defense on that defensive side of the ball. We wish you all the best of luck, each and every one of you in the New Orleans Saints organization, and we hope you have a rather successful 2021. Good luck and Godspeed. All right, my friends, that officially does it. The full New Orleans Saints 2021 season preview. Now, before we get into anything else, talk a little nonsense, get a little wild, little uh, Talk in the Line podcast after hours if you will mm. as it kind of gets to going uh we're right on time about 11 33 so didn't do all too bad we kind of powered through there in a few yeah, spots seriously. but uh didn't do too bad so got a little bit of time we'll wrap it on up get y'all on out of here partner anything burning on the brain melting on the heart festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 111 the 111 on this beautiful august 26 2021 Alrighty, so let's look at some career stats, but in a certain stat that is a little interesting for this guy, Mr. Jameis Winston. Five seasons so far as a starter, does not include last year when he was not the starter, obviously. Where, unless you've already looked at my notes here. Yeah, I did, my bad. You did? Okay. Where would you have ranked Jameis Winston on the all-time interceptions list? I don't even know where I would have began with that. Like, like did I, you see the number, though? I, I knew I saw like it's in the hundreds, but okay, I, yeah. I like I wouldn't I wouldn't have even known where to begin. Right. And I was surprised it was this low. It's tied for 142nd with okay. 88 interceptions. I thought it was going to be a little higher, especially with that uh, 33. It was actually 33 interceptions in 2019. But uh if he keeps up this clip or even 15 a year, he's going to be moving up that list very damn fast. He has 22, 28, 19, 19, and 33 interceptions in each of those first five seasons. Holy so cow. 
15 interceptions you would say is a lot of interceptions. That would be a big old improvement for Sean Payton with James Winston in, uh, in the lineup this year. So he's tied with, uh, I believe he was 11th active quarterbacks, which also surprised me. But, uh, you know, a lot of these other quarterbacks have uh, around a decade or more under center compared to Jameis. He's actually only one behind my man Aaron Rodgers. But uh, my man Aaron Rodgers got 10 more years under his belt. So uh, yeah. interesting split there. But, uh, you know, have to imagine he's going to put up at least 12 to get on get him over that 100 interception threshold this year i would have to say you are correct and uh yeah in my head you know i, I would put him maybe like around 50 or 60 just from what we've seen yeah like just and you know but the talent five like, years like 152 in five year or 142 in five years i mean that's still holy hell yeah like, ass, a lot of ass, quarterbacks ass. in nfl history were pretty damn bad so that's uh, a lot of picks yeah you that's know a lot of picks i think i don't even think he craps the craps cracks the top 100 even if he throws 20 interceptions so uh you know it's gonna take a few years but he'll be moving up that list no question about it so you heard it here first maybe not the list you want to be featured on but Jameis winston is featured on nonetheless the most interceptions in NFL history. He is currently 142nd with 88 total picks. Thank you very much for your of sidebar, course. partner. All right. Outside of that, uh, got a big loaded show for you tomorrow. Uh, Motivation Minutes coming up here in just a minute. A couple of updates, everything there. A loaded show coming up. If you haven't uh, watched any of uh, the show or missed any of the portions here this week, Giants and Jets tomorrow, both New York teams. And uh, we promise to uh, be as nice as possible to you New Yorkers. We promise. I right? just lay off of us. We understand there's a lot of... A lot of potential issues could be coming here in 2021, sure. but we'll be nice. We promise. We promise. And then uh, college football coming right around the corner. We'll probably have some bets, honestly, this weekend. Most um, definitely. I'm going to dive into some different stuff. I got to get back to blogging. We have just been so damn busy mm-hmm. uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, all the back end stuff. So the, a little bit of that additional, additional content's kind of taking a dip. But hey, once we get back into full swing, a couple things, we get about... Oh, two, three weeks down the road here. It's going to be back to pretty much yes, business as usual. So don't y'all worry about that. But that all being said, uh, we have a full CFB preview show, college football, on September the 3rd. And then we'll be back to business as usual that following Monday. And then that Wednesday, September the 8th, if I said November, I... I meant September the 3rd, (laughs) Uh, September the 8th. That'll be our last NFL special edition. Once again, closing with the Washington football team. And then back to business as usual, the Talking the Line podcast, as you know it, my best bets, Mag's best bets, special play of the day, money line dice roll of the day, everything that you have come to know and love, and also a little ransom reaction sprinkled in between there because I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about week to week, and we'll obviously have a few less picks than we typically would. Right. So back to business as usual, come 9-9, and then throughout there, we also will have a few other changes in regards to business as usual. Be a nice little update here coming right around the corner, and if you did tune in yesterday, we uh, did have a little hint going. I said I might have to confirm something yesterday to see if we can officially say that maybe around 9-8 would be a, a good day for you guys to kind of keep on the mind. Maybe just like put a half circle around the, the date on the calendar. You don't have to fully circle it, right? You know, um, well, it does look like you could connect the other half of that circle. Uh, it, it does appear that mm. that circle can now become a full circle. It doesn't just have to be a nice little half circle around that eight. I have fucking, what the fuck? <laughs> Gee, many Christmas. I had a freaking 
fly or something. Seeing just ghosts get, out here. It just got in my eyes. All right, so <laughs> back to it. Uh, now you can connect that half circle into a full circle <laughs> around September the 8th. I'm not going to tell you why yet. It's not going to be early in the morning. It's not going to be during our regularly scheduled programming. It's not going to be really out of the blue at all. It'll kind of just flow right perfectly with everything we do. One thing I will tell you, though, is it will be every Wednesday following that Wednesday, September the 8th. That's all I'm telling you today. Wednesdays, baby. That's all Wednesdays. You're That's all you're going to know. So what you got to know mainly is that it's a go. September the 8th is a go. We're looking good. Everything's looking great. Make sure you are tuned in and ready to rock and roll when it comes that time. At least to the pod. Maybe just at least to Twitter. If you ain't got time to stop by the Daily Show at that point in time, stop by the Twitter. We'll be putting the updates about what's coming all next week. It'll be nothing but hype all next week. You guys will be finding out about it very shortly. But if you are a TTL faithful, you stop by the Daily Pod, you're obviously going to find out about it first. So, just so you know. Outside of that, checking the notes, making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. Ooh. Everything's looking good. Everything's looking great. Make sure you stop by this episode's description. Hit that link tree. Check out the talkintheline.com website. See all of our additional content, all types of good stuff on there. Uh, you'll also see all of our social platforms and additional content outside of the website. Uh, so you, as always, can consume all of that whenever you want, however you want, everything in between. Make sure uh, if you are looking for our best bets of the day, you follow us on the Action Network app. Uh, my partner told you in take one of today's episode, but I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at RMAGS in all caps. And then once we get back to business as usual, please ignore the uh, the units right now. Uh, got a little bit off. We got we to gotta go back and look because that just ain't doggone right. Mm -hmm. But you can follow the best bets at the day at Talking the Line. Outside of that, if you don't have the Action Network app, you can just go to TalkingTheLine.com, hit that Today's Best Bets tab, and we make it so easy for you. You can actually bet from your favorite sports book right off of our website. So check that out if you haven't already. But that does it, partner. Any late breaking news, anything you got on the mind I didn't get to before I dive into my motivation minutes of the day? Uh, some minor news, guys who are at practice, aren't at practice. Rondell Moore, add him to the list of players, uh, whoever this is that tweeted this, not seeing him on the practice field for open portion of practice. So still a little question mark on Mr. Rondell oh, Moore, who no. I know you are very high on or yeah. very much a fan of this year. Yeah, but also another guy I'm very high on. What you got? My guy, Joey Sly. Oh, I didn't see this. Apparently the Panthers have traded the Giants a conditional sixth round pick for kicker Ryan Santoso ah. for a little bit of competition <laughs> as my boy Joey oh, no. apparently has had oh, a little no. bit of struggles here in the early season. Oh, no. I have never heard of Ryan Santoso, so I'm a little bit uh, concerned as to what might be happening here for the future of my man Joey Sly. 20 hours ago, Panthers wire. Panthers kicker Joey Sly struggles in practice versus Dominic Everly. I, well, boy... Oh boy, ladies oh boy. and gentlemen, I'm a little bit worried about my boy Joey Sly now. Oh shit! <laughs> so Got that it. was that must have been someone else because they signed De Dominic Eberly yesterday. So wow. they really so they're bringing in another Panthers guy. might be uh, might be having some kicker issues in 2021. Oh, I don't man. like to hear that because that's oh, 
man. They're going to be in some damn tight games. That is an actual yeah, yeah, and big Joey factor. Sly's a dog and a half. <laughs> what the hell happened to him? I got to call him up, see what the deal is. Joey, buddy. Joey. Uh, all right. That does it. All the banter, all the nonsense. Let me get a quick sip. I'm not as high on there. I'm not as big of a homer for Joey as you are, but I do like the guy, man. That's, uh, I'm a that's homer and a half. I'm a homer and a half. Either way, that's all the banter. Armag sidebar, the full New Orleans Saints 2021 season preview. We got one thing left to cover. You know the drill. You need a little extra inspiration, motivation. You stuck around this long. It's time for it, my friends. Colts motivation minutes are live on your screen. All right, so... If you don't follow me on Twitter, or uh, maybe you didn't see this yet this morning, you weren't on Twitter, I retweeted a um, a newsletter, and it is from somebody that I have an immense amount of respect for, and maybe someday in the future, potentially, I could uh, get him to maybe a little guest appearance here on the uh, Motivation Minutes. We actually have that capability now um, with some other stuff we're working on, so... Maybe we might have him on. We'll see what we can uh, work out. But I wanted to give him some credit where credit is due um, today, and that's Michael Lombardi. If you don't know who Michael Lombardi is, I suggest you go look him up. Uh, former GM for the Cleveland Browns organization, uh, has held just about every position in the NFL that you could possibly want to hold. He is a fountain of knowledge when it comes to the pigskin and everything in between. And he is the Pison mm-hmm. of the Pat McAfee show uh, when it does come to gambling as well. He is very, very smart. He has so many connections in the league. Um, he just in and out everywhere. So that all being said, um, you kind of know a little bit about him. He has a daily newsletter, which kind of actually inspired us to put out the Talking the Line daily newsletter. Kind of surprising there. Not really at all as everything kind of comes full circle here. But it's called The Daily Coach, and this is a 100% free plug. I just enjoy the hell out of this. Um, You can go to substack.com and search The Daily Coach and just put in your email. They won't send you spam. They won't do anything. They send you about a three-paragraph inspirational, motivational kind of blog every morning. And this morning, I shit you not, guys, it was exactly what I've been talking about all week long. I tweeted a specific line from it that I will talk about here in the minutes. But what I wanted to do for you guys today is just kind of share with you how funny it is, how the world works, how how many people there are that think this way too. And maybe in a way put some backing behind my words because I never, I never like to tell you guys that I'm a swami or I'm a genius or I know what I'm talking about. I never like to say that at all. I just like to share what I kind of know and has helped me survive life. And then when I find somebody who has a massive following and knows way more than I do saying the same things I am, it makes me feel real good inside. So I want to share some of those things with you guys today. And hopefully you'll pick up the Daily Coach and start getting emails in your inbox every single morning. You can start getting a little additional inspiration and motivation on top of my motivation minutes every single day. So quickly, uh, just getting into them, some of the brief excerpts I wanted to uh, tell you about today. And then um, just kind of give you a little rabbit hole just to kind (laughs) of mill on them and think about and maybe even go check them out yourself. So today's title was, How Are You You Spending Your 86,400? And if you guys aren't familiar, um, 86,400 is the amount of seconds that we have in a day. So pretty powerful stuff and obviously leads right into choosing your own happiness. You're in control of your own happiness. 
What are you doing right now to make sure that you get to that happiness? And you can go on and on and on about all of that. But he wrote about, and sometimes it's Michael Lombardi. They have another uh, couple other guys that write there as well that are just equally as great writers. So I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure who wrote this one. They typically don't say. However, they had some really good stuff that I wanted to pull out here and um, just kind of have a little bit of perspective on it and let you guys go on and get about your day. So first things, he says, the choice is always within our control whether to live uncommonly and venture beyond just showing up, being average, working hard, and playing by the status quo. Will you dare to have the courage to lead a life that is true to yourself and not the life others expect of us? What did I talk about yesterday? Not listening to other people's opinions. Not just doing what everybody else is doing because everybody else thinks it's right. Not worrying about every other's status quo for what we should be as a human being, but making our own status quo because of our own happiness. So that's the first one I wanted to share with you. Really powerful stuff there. Um, uh, Do you have the courage to lead a life that is true to yourself and not the life others expect of you? That really hit me this morning. Um, Next one. While the narratives are strategically packaged and streams of information constantly tell us that we should be, how we should look, how we should think, how we should behave, and where we should be in our lives at certain ages, understand we are the captain, storyteller, and designer of our own destiny. It's what I tweeted this morning. Understand we are the captain, storyteller, and designer of our own destiny. That's how I started this week. I like that one a lot. You are in charge of your own destiny, your own happiness. That's that's the theme of this entire week, and it slapped me right in the face. So I had to bring it here for you guys. And then a few more. I got three more brief expert excerpts for you. The next one here, um, at this moment, we are presented with the sacred gift of life to discover and rediscover who we authentically are. So you put that together, understand we are the captain, storyteller, and designer of our own destiny and are presented with the sacred gift of life to discover and rediscover who we authentically are. Woo! (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. I don't know about y'all, but that got me in the feels in a half this morning. And then he goes on to say, let's not delay our personal transformation just because we do not have all the answers. On the other side of fear are unlived moments and liberating experiences for self-discovery. What did I talk about? You're going to open that door. It's going to be scary. It's going to be dark as hell. You're not going to have a clue what's happening, but as you get closer and closer into that darkness, your eyes start to just adjust. And the word he uses here, liberating. The feeling of liberation that you have when you make the choice to choose happiness, chase your own version of happiness, and not listen to what anybody else is saying. The feeling of liberation is bar none. And then he wraps it up here with something extremely, extremely powerful. And if you don't remember anything from this here today, or if you don't go out of your way to go and read it, remember this. Because when it's all said and done, Agonizing over things that don't matter, won't matter, when our time stops being deposited 
into our bank account of life. For those of you in the back, because when it's all said and done, agonizing over things that don't matter, won't matter when our time stops being deposited into our bank account of life. What I tell you guys every day, man. <laughs> I mean, that that's it. And I just wanted to share that with you guys today because that's that re-hit me as I was reading that. So I hope it did the same for you guys. It just lets me know I'm on the right path. It lets hopefully lets you know that, hey, you're on the right path too. If you're stopping by Colts Motivation Minutes just to get a little extra something, something, I have I have these things I call path moments. And I suggest maybe you start looking for them in your life too as you start to live your life with this mindset that I share and, and try and shed light on every single day. You have so many opportunities in this life. So many opportunities. And they are all right there for you. You just have to make the choice to go and chase them. That's it. That's it. This is good stuff. I hope you guys go and uh, check out The Daily Coach. Again, free plug. No affiliation whatsoever. Just absolutely love his work. Uh, love their work over there. And uh, anything football-wise that Lombardi does, I'm a huge fan of. So if you need a little extra inspiration, motivation, on top of the motivation, inspiration I dish out for you, I suggest you go check out uh, The Daily Coach. And, uh, you know, one more time, just because I think it's the most important thing here. I'll say the uh, the two that really, really matter the most in my mind. To understand we are the captain, storyteller, and designer of our own destiny as we are presented with the sacred gift of life to discover and rediscover who we authentically are. And because when it's all said and done, agonizing over the things that don't matter, won't matter, when our time stops being deposited into our bank account of life. Hope that guy that did stuff for you guys as much as it did for me today. Um, I will continue to bring you guys motivation minutes and uh, bring you guys a little bit of extra inspiration and everything that I can to help us all survive this thing we call life on a day-to-day -day basis. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how many flaming arrows are coming across the battlefield, no matter how many blades we got to dish out to all the haters out there, I'm going to keep doing it for you guys. So with that, that does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Good stuff, my man. I mean, I obviously can't add too much from, from that as well. But, uh, yeah, a lot of huge takeaways, a lot of validation on what you've been saying all week. So always good stuff from you and the Daily Coach as well. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, uh, that I, I guess, kind of the validation is where I really wanted to mm -hmm. go with that and, and just hear it from somebody else too. I'm not sure. – uh, I, I, you know, I would say I don't claim to be a Swami. I don't claim to be a genius. And, you know, if somebody else out there is saying it that I know that knows way more than I do, maybe open the mirror holes up just mm -hmm. a little bit wider. I don't know. Who am I? Nobody. Just a goof that talks about sports bets and <laughs> football teams for the last 22 days in a row. So either way, who am I? Just kidding. I uh, can't tell you guys how much I appreciate you stopping by my motivation minutes and uh, sticking around, listening to all those every single day. But for now, let's send you all on about your way. We have been here longer than we usually do due to the... Uh, usually are due to the technical difficulties we face this yes, morning sir. no problem got through a show nice and easy we're rocking and rolling now so as always it's time to get on out of here get about our days and let you folks do the same so ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers 
fans of the New Orleans Saints, fantasy football bettors, fantasy football players, NFL bettors. I met NFL bettors the first time, but you understood what I was saying. Anybody I might have left out. Far and wide for myself and Mags. Thank you so much for stopping by episode 111 of the Talking the Line podcast. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts, all your support, all of your following. We are only going to keep making TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. We do this for you, and we ain't stopping no time soon. So thank you, thank you, thank you once again from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Thursday, unless you have other plans. Hey, partner. Let's cash some tickets.